Happy New Year. That's good to see you all here. I um, I anticipated we might have a little smaller crowd this morning. And um, so because of that, I'm going to take advantage of that situation. And it's going to allow us to do something different this morning, which I think will be very special and meaningful. But it'll give you an opportunity not just to be ministered to, but to minister to one another. So I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully that doesn't scare you too much. Um, we are in the middle of a series on the book of Matthew. So if you turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. If you don't have a Bible, um, you can find some I know in the baskets on this side. I don't think the baskets over there have one. Um, maybe. Well, I think we got it. We need to get some more Bibles. I've been telling you guys, if you don't have a Bible, you can take one home with you. It's our gift to you. And... Some people have, and that's wonderful. Now I need to get more. But, um, yes, so Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. This is Jesus. He's preaching probably his most popular sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. And he's coming close to the end of it. And he says some very simple but very potent words. I got a new Bible because I, I'm aging and I was having trouble reading <laughs> my old Bible. But the pages aren't broken in yet. You know what that? Yeah. And they all stick together. Okay. Matthew 7 verse 7 says this. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. I think this passage is interesting because it's like Jesus is not just telling us to ask from God, but it's like he's trying to convince us that God will actually give us something good. Because we doubt this. It's like Jesus just knows we kind of have a natural tendency to doubt that God cares or that he's listening or or that, yes, he might answer, but it probably won't be the answer I'm looking for. And, and so we're hesitant to ask the Lord for things. And it, this reminds me of um, of what's written in Hebrews 11, chapter 16. We have that verse up on the screen for you. It says this, And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Sometimes we think faith is so mysterious, but this gives us a rather simple definition of, of what faith is. Number one, you, you believe God exists, right? Amen. And you have to believe that he's good and that if you come to him, he will reward you. 
that his intentions towards you are good. <laughs> Amen. And I think it's important to note that God rewards those who ask. You know, sometimes we think, or I know I've been tempted to think, well, God knows what I need anyways, and he's just going to do what he's going to do, so why bother? Or I asked once, why do I need to keep asking? We kind of have those thoughts about God. But over and over again in the Bible, we see that God rewards those who ask. Jesus heals those who ask. Many times he makes them ask in the stories about healings. The blind man who calls out to him, Jesus, Jesus, and he's like, what do you want me to do for you? He's blind. Should be obvious, right? But Jesus still has him ask. I think for God, asking is essential to our relationship with him. It's a demonstration of our faith. Because if we ask, we're first acknowledging he exists. He's out there, right? When we ask, we're acknowledging that he's good. He has good intentions towards us. He wants to help. And when we ask, we're acknowledging that he's powerful enough to help. And all of those things are little, just acts of faith that please God. They please Him. And so for God, asking is essential to our relationship. I mean, how did your relationship with God start? When you asked Him, right? To forgive you and save you from your sins. And it just continues that way. For the rest of our time, just asking the Lord. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because those who come, we have to come to him, must believe that he exists. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so this morning, I wanted to spend some time pleasing God. By exercising our faith. And you received a piece of paper. If you didn't, Mark can get you one. And if you need a pen, there's some in the baskets. Mark can also get you a pen if you want to raise your hand. But there's some questions there. What good gift has God given you in the past year? Jesus talks about this when he's trying to convince us. And he's like saying, look, it's, it was Christmas, right? How many of you gave your kids coal? Not a one. And even though you and I are selfish, we still give our kids the very best gifts we can give them. And how much more of our Heavenly Father? So, what is just one good gift that God has given you in the past year? I think we can all answer that question. And then the other three questions, um, you don't have to answer them all individually. You can if you want, but there may be one that kind of strikes you more than the other. But what is something you need to ask God for? When I think of that question, I think of, okay, this is something that I cannot do for myself. This is not something that I can supply or I can produce for myself. 
It's just something I have to ask for. Or maybe the question that hits you more is, what do you need to seek this year? What is it you need to seek? Maybe that's the Lord. Maybe maybe it's something else. But it's something you have to be intentional about. Intentional about learning or a new perspective you need to be intentional about developing or a new habit. What do you need to seek this year? And the last question is, what door do you need to knock on? Maybe it's an opportunity. Maybe it's a relationship. You cannot force that door open, but you need to be knocking on it. For some of us, I think maybe it, it, it's a wound from our past that we've kind of buried. Amen. And we just need to knock on it and let God open up and reveal the pain that's there and heal it. Because it's when things come to light that God heals them. I want, I'm going to share first, alright? And then I think we'll break into sections and let you share with each other and pray for one another. Jason, you look concerned. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I love looking over in this corner because I get my greatest expressions over here and I know it's like, okay, somebody's listening anyways. Um, uh, for me, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to share one good gift and then one thing I'm asking God for and then I'm going to ask somebody to pray for me accordingly, okay? Um and then we'll break into groups and do the same thing. And you will get the opportunity. You do not have to share, okay? You don't have to. But I want to give you the opportunity to express your faith this morning and to minister to one another. So you can share one good gift, just one. I know some of you could list 20. Um, but we want to give opportunity for other people. So one good gift God has given you. And then if you want, you can share one thing that you are either going to ask for or seek or knock on this year. And then pray for each other, okay? So for me, um, the one good gift, and this may sound kind of cheesy, that God has given me in the last year is you. Amen. Um, uh, I look at my dear friends and my family. Right here, and they know uh, 2019 to 2021 were very difficult years for me. Um, not just because of COVID, that was hard in and of itself, but there were other things. And um, I came through those years rather beat up. And um, yeah. And then I got a call that you guys needed an interim pastor. And I'm like, okay, well, I know those are nice people. So <laughs> I'll go. And I'll help out for a while. And um, thank you. Thank you. Um, and this has been a healing place for me. 
It truly has. And so I want to thank you for all, you all for that, because you've all been a part of that. And um, so CCC has truly been a good gift that God has given to me and to our family in this past year. Um, one thing that I'm asking God for this year is motivation to finish my dissertation. I am currently earning my doctorate in transformational preaching. I finished all the classwork. Um, the classes were wonderful. I enjoyed them. I think they've helped. Uh, but now it's time for me to do my research project that's called a dissertation. I'm about halfway through. I have like a 100 pages written. My research is on obstacles that women preachers face in the Wesleyan denomination and um, and how to overcome them. And then the premise of this is very simple. Basically, anyone who serves the Lord is going to face obstacles. That's a given. Um, but most of the research done, almost all of it, have been done on male preachers and male ministers. And so when women go to seminary, they get trained on the experiences that men have. And women often experience different things. And so we just want to study what they experience, what obstacles they face, and how they overcome them so that women can be better prepared for ministry. Um, and I, I started well, but it became difficult Partly because I started having women call me from across the nation and tell me their stories. And their stories are hard. And so it just kind of became emotionally draining. And I think maybe you can relate to this. When you go through a rough patch and then you come to something new and better, you just kind of want to put everything from that behind you and just look forward. And that's what I want to do. I'm excited about caring community, and I just want to spend all my time and focus here. And so I was praying um, about whether or not to continue, to be honest, because um, I don't really care about the degree title. Um, but this last week, there were two things that I, I believe came from the Lord. And one is that although the classwork benefited me, this dissertation is not to benefit me. It's to benefit the next generation of women ministers. And because it's not for me, and it's for them, that's why it's worth doing. Um, there's one other scripture that God brought to my memory. And I wanted to share it with you because I thought, well, maybe this would help someone else besides me. It's just this four-verse story from Second Kings chapter 13. This is a time when um, the Armenians were persecuting the Israelites. And Jehoash was king, and Elisha had been the great prophet that had been helping, and he was about to die. So 2 Kings 13, verses 14 and 18. Starting in verse 14. Now, Elisha had been suffering from an illness from which he eventually died. And Jehoash, king of Israel, went down to see him and wept over him. My father, my father, he cried. The chariots and horsemen of Israel. 
Elisha said, get a bow and some arrows. And he did so. Take the bow in your hand, he said to the king of Israel. And when he had taken it, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Open the east window, he said, and he opened it. Shoot, Elisha said, and he shot. The Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Aram, Elisha declared. You will completely destroy the Armenians at Aphek. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, at this location. And then he said, take the arrows, and the king took them. And Elisha told him, strike the ground. He struck it three times and stopped. The man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have defeated Aram and completely destroyed it. But now you will only defeat it three times. And the first time I read this story, I remember thinking, gee, that seems kind of harsh. Like, how was he supposed to know? Like, he didn't, like, how did he know how many times he was supposed to strike the ground? He didn't know. And, and then I realized the principle that when God tells you to do something, you don't stop until God tells you to stop. Amen. And there's definitely times God leads us to do things and then he says, okay, that season is over. And he gives us something else. But for me, he hasn't told me to stop. And I just wanted to share that with you because I think at New Year's we always think about new things we need to start. But maybe for you... It's like me. It's not something you need to start. It's something you need not to stop. Because God has not told you to stop yet. And you need to persevere in it. So that's what I'm asking prayer for. That I will have the motivation and persevere in finishing the dissertation. And um, I just wondered if someone would pray just a real simple prayer for me. Thank you, Ruben. Father, just ask your blessing on Pastor Tamar. And thank you, Father, for just the openness that she shares. Thank you for the blessing in, in her life, Lord, um, that the healing that you brought through this new season. Mm-hmm. But, Father, help her to have the motivation to complete this, this journey. And I know, Father, that you have plans for her that she's not aware of. But I pray, mm-hmm. Father, that you'd help her to just take the step, Lord. Just take the step and finish the, the job that you set before her. Give her the motivation. Give her the strength. Help the rest of us be patient and helpful to the extent that we can. But I pray, Father, that you'd see her through to this part of the journey and then reveal um, what you have in store for her after that. Thank you, Father, that you're always good to us and that you always take care of her and all of us. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Ruben. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to group these two sections together, okay? You're going to have to get up and move. I know this is a struggle every time I ask you to move, but at least I'm not asking you to come up here. So um, get up and move and kind of huddle up. Ruben, I'll let you lead, okay? Whoever wants to share, you do not have to, but you only get to share a max of two things. One, 
good gift God has given you, and then one thing you're either asking or knocking or, or seeking, okay? And if you share more, Reuben gets to cut you off. <laughs> All right. Pastor Eric, I'll let you lead this group right here. All right? Same deal. And then I'll come over and not fall and huddle up with you people right here. All right? All right. Amen. You may have a seat. We have just a few announcements before we go. Um, this Thursday, Band of Brothers is meeting. That's our men's ministry. They meet the first Thursday of every month at 6.30. They have dinner and uh, like a de- Bible devotion. They are also starting to tackle life skills. So this Thursday, Ed Zona is going to be teaching how to... Hook up an electrical socket. There's probably a better word than hook up, but it evaded me. So I'm excited about that because we have several that need to be hooked up in our house. So. <laughs> yeah, so that's this Thursday. Um, next Sunday, our youth group is resuming. They took time off just for the holidays, but they're going to be back. Next Sunday, that means right after the worship service at 1130 down in the green room. You know where you are because it's green. All right. Um, The next announcement. So we're going to try something new starting next Sunday. We've had some parents say, you know, we love our worship times and we would just like our older kids to be able to experience that and also take communion or when we have new members be able to see that. So we're going to be starting our second through fifth graders in the worship service. And then before the message, um, a volunteer will meet them at the door and we'll dismiss them and then they'll go down to the children's wing. So all the children still need to get checked in before the worship service. So if you have a second or fifth grader, still take them down, get a name tag, but then bring them into the service with you and they can enjoy the first part of the service with you and then we'll dismiss them with a volunteer back to have their own lesson, all right? And then, all right, I'm excited about this. The Screw Tape Letters, we have a book study. C.S. Lewis is my favorite author. And it's really hard to pick a favorite book, but Screw Tape Letters would be up there. If you're not familiar, the Screw Tape Letters, it's a very entertaining and witty book about like a, a head demon who's writing letters to his nephew, who's like a, a demon who's learning how to tempt someone. And so he's instructing him on what to do and what not to do. And here's the things to look out for. And it's funny and it's witty. It's also very insightful. It's very insightful to learn about how we are tempted and how we overcome temptation. So Dr. Ruben Rubio is going to be leading those groups. There's going to be two. Um, There's going to be an in-person group meeting at the Rubio's home starting every other Saturday on January 14th. If you can't make that... There's going to be a group that meets online via Zoom every other Monday starting January 23rd. And in your bulletins, there's a link. You can go to that link. You can get more information on the exact dates and times on how to get a copy. There are free copies available online and also to register. So you can find that link in your bulletin. All right. Last announcement, besides that one, which I forgot about. Um 
On January 22nd, we're going to be doing child dedications. So if anyone has a child that you'd like to dedicate to the Lord, our child dedication ceremony is a time where the parents commit to raising the children in the ways of the Lord, and we as a church commit to supporting you. Um, so if you are interested in that, please let me know. All right. Um, our tithes and offerings are an act of worship. It's an act of trust in the Lord, and it's an act of recognizing that everything we have comes from Him. And so there's three different ways you can give, but I want to just pray over the offering right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Man, I think the offerings, the tithes that we give are only in a small fraction of everything you have given us this past year. And I thank you for the opportunity to name some of those things. And we pray now for the gifts that we give, those tithes, those offerings. Um, God, we pray that you'll just bless them, that you will give the leaders of the church wisdom and how to steward those resources, and that they would multiply like you multiply the loaves and fishes, Lord. And they would bless many, many people. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So as we go this morning, just a scripture from, um, I lost my place, from second from Romans 15, 5 through 6. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such a harmony with one another in accord with Jesus Christ that together you may with one voice glorify God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ with harmony with one another. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing for 2023? Amen? Go in peace, each one of you. God bless you.